Hello, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and beauty director, Alexandra Engler. Today, we are going to be talking to a woman who is a multi-hyphenate of the highest order. Now, by now, we are pretty used to celebrities, actresses, and models entering the well-being space and the beauty space and becoming content creators. But one of the originals, and in my opinion, one of the best, is Denise Bassey. Denise started modeling as a preteen and has been in campaigns for brands like Olay, Dove, Bobbi Brown, and more. Eventually, she got into acting, starting with soaps and TV shows, and eventually landed the lead of the show Single Ladies. Now, currently, she is the founder and face of Made which is a wellness and beauty site with a robust following of fans. Today, we are going to hear all of her best well-being tips throughout the episode, so without further ado, we should go ahead and get into it. Welcome, Denise. Hi, Alex. Thank you. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. You are such an inspiration, and you have such amazing beauty tips and aesthetics. So I just feel like I'm going to learn so much from you today. But before we get into some of those tips and stuff, I want to hear a little bit more about your story so our listeners can learn more about you too. So, you know, you are a model, actress, beauty influencer and blogger and writer. And I just wanted to know what what started you on this path that kind of led you to this, this realm where you are interested in beauty and you're interested in putting yourself out there, you know, what? what's your career? First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and such a fan of this podcast. So I just wanted to get that out and said. Well, thank you. Thank you for those kind, kind words. I, I started in the entertainment business as a model at the age of 12. And I spent, you know, more than 20 years in the business. I transitioned into acting and, uh, was a, a lead on a primetime television series where I played kind of a Carrie Bradshaw character. And my career path in modeling, because I was 5'7", was focused in the beauty industry. Was never going to do fashion because I wasn't extremely tall. But as soon as I learned that I could have a solid career in the beauty industry, I really honed in and focused on that. And through that, worked with all of the major brands that we know. I really learned a lot about beauty from a business standpoint, as well as from a product standpoint. And then my first and foremost inspiration, everything related to beauty and wellness before those were, you know, even categories to talk about is my grandmother. She um, is just the chicest woman I've ever met. And she would always say, you know, if you've got your eyebrows done, you're good to go. I spent a lot of time with her in the kitchen as well as in Barney's in New York shopping. And she taught me what Chanel was and how you needed to go to the spa to get facials. And she was, you know, just she's a major, major inspiration in my life. So I spent 20 plus years in, in the business and fell in love with beauty between my grandmother's influence and between my career. And then when I was on a show called Single Ladies, where I was playing this very Carrie Bradshaw 
very super fun character where I had tons of love scenes and was in lingerie all day and great fashion. And then I, I got married and then I got pregnant. And all of a sudden I had this realization when I decided that I was going to have a home birth and, and I was going to really like kind of, I didn't know that I was going to pause the acting career, but I knew that I was going to really focus and be as intentional and present as possible with this pregnancy. I really started to look at health and wellness from a different standpoint, because for me before, it was always about keeping my tool, which was my body, right? So my craft is my acting, but my tool is my body and keeping that in physical shape. So for me, for such a long time, I, I looked at healthy as what I look like. So I was in the gym, I was hustling, you know, there was also this like, I'm from New York. So there was also this idea of like, how many appointments can I go on in a day? And how many jobs can I book? And I got to get in the gym for two hours because I've got this love scene on camera. And, and then when I got pregnant was, I really started to understand that health was not about looking a certain way, but feeling a certain way. And a couple of years before that, I had done the clean program for the first time. I did the clean program for the first time 10 years ago. And that really changed my life. And that really changed a lot of the unhealthy habits that I had. But it really wasn't until I got pregnant that I really understood that it was about how I felt. And it was I started to understand a little bit in the beginning about self-care and the importance of slowing down. And it wasn't about crushing it in the gym. And it wasn't about wearing, uh, you know, the hustler's badge on my shoulder. I, I did all of this in a day. It was like, oh, I'm going to take a rest because that is just as important. And if not more important, because I'm listening to my body. And during that whole journey, we obviously had, you know, social, a social media boom and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and all of that stuff really started to become a part of our everyday lives and, and our businesses. And I transitioned from sharing what I was doing or wearing on a red carpet to what smoothies I was making at home or which Pilates class I was taking or that I was going to function met integrative medicine doctors and looking how I was looking at health in a more holistic approach and my community on my social media platforms really started to grow and I was looking at it and going there's something here but I didn't really understand it and as the community grew they came to me and asked me to create a platform where I could have all this information in a permanent space. And I started curating uh, very slowly a website and built a website that took me a year and a half to build where we focus on self-care, intentional living, and clean beauty. And the site is called Made. And that is the whole journey in a nutshell. <laughs> so, you know, having been somebody who has had a true multi-hyphenate career in, in every sense of that. How did that shape, how did that shape you? And how did that shape how, how you were living day to day? You know, you kind of talked about how, how, how it inspired that like hus, you know, like hustler mindset, hustling mindset. But, you know, I'm curious, like, 
you have so many influences coming from all sides. How did, how did that shape you as a person? Well, I think my modeling career really taught me how to be resilient um, because I always had to walk into a room and kind of, you never know what they're looking for. And I am a mixed brown girl, you know, I'm a woman of color and I would walk into the room and always have to convince them that I, I really sat in the middle, but I had to convince them that I had a space at the table. And I was also really short for the modeling industry, what it was back then. Now it's very, very, very different. And I'm so proud to see it evolve and there's still more, more to be done. But I would say that that really taught me how to have thick skin and how to not accept no for an answer and how to keep reinventing myself and knowing that, that, knowing that my career is going to be whatever I put into it. It's not going to, no one else is going to determine my success. When I decided I was going to pivot and launch Made, I, like I said, I, I spent a year and a half doing it. I sat back, I looked at women who are now my peers. I looked at them and, and, and said, oh, I like what she's doing or this inspires me or I would do it differently. And I really sat back and I did my homework. And when everyone thought I was crazy from walking away from a, a TV show and going and all of a sudden, you know, just pivoting completely and getting into a space that I had no, nothing, I knew nothing about, I knew that I could do it because really the career that I had been doing forever for so long really taught me that if I wanted something, I just needed to go, I just needed to go after it. Yeah. I think it's to your point, I think it's so important that, you know, people do diversify their skill sets in, in some respect. I'm not saying everyone needs to go out and have multiple careers, but when when you have all these different skill sets and you kind of train yourself in different ways, you gain confidence from that and you gain that understanding that, you know, you you do have that resilience. And I think that a little bit speaks to that, right? Absolutely. So, you know, what what is your beauty philosophy? My beauty philosophy is, you know, this is such a big question when you become a mom. I, I, my beauty philosophy has changed so much over the years, and especially as now that I'm a mom, you know, I spent probably a decade straightening my hair, for example, right? And then when I had my daughter, I realized that she was going to have uh, curly hair. And I stopped all of a sudden after a decade of straightening my hair, I, I stopped. So I think that, you know, what was important to me with her was that she saw that I enjoyed and loved my curly hair and embraced it so that she could do the same. So it's, my philosophy has really evolved and I think it's simplified in a lot of ways. I really look at beauty from the inside out. But even what, even with the love of cosmetics and skincare, I look at things in a way that this is going to just enhance the things that I love about me. I'm much older now and kind of, ex, you know, accept where my, my body is, my, my, my looks are. I think when you're young, you're always trying to look like someone else or maybe look like something different. And it took a long time for me to realize that I was, you know, not going to be five nine and, a, you know, a fashion model, but I could really 
appreciate my beauty and focus on accentuating those parts of my myself and have a career there. And so I've learned to like just accept and love and appreciate what I have and what I've been given. And that's what I hope my daughter learns about beauty. And she's a big influence now in everything that I do. And we talk about makeup and, you know, why does mommy wear it and what it what does it do and how does it make you feel and that it's not necessary. But she understands that like my skincare regimen is a big part of my self-care routine as well. I bet you guys are going to have a lot of fun as she grows up and you get to continue having these conversations. I I always connected with my mom over beauty in a lot of ways. And she is definitely somebody who loved, you know, wearing makeup and all this sort of stuff. And I, I do think that it is a, a big means of connections for a lot of a lot of family relationships. And, you know, you mentioned your grandmother teaching you this as well. So clearly, you know, there's kind of like this familial aspect to it as well. Absolutely. I, I think that's so fascinating. I mean, is that is that, you know, something that you think about intentionally or is that something that just like kind of happened? You know, I think it just, I think it happens. I think the intention comes when, I think as parents now, we we understand the lessons a little bit better. We're a little bit more educated and a little bit more aware of how intentional we need to be when we, when we're parenting. So I think that the similarities in my love for beauty and makeup and skincare and all of that stuff with my grandmother is so similar to that relationship I have with my daughter, but it's different because while I laugh about my grandmother saying, you know, you, if you have your eyebrows done, you're, that's all that you need. You're good to go. You can take with the world, right? That That's funny and cute. And I appreciate that. And that's our relationship. I, I just look at things differently with my daughter now. And it's, it's a different conversation. It's more like, wow, if you wore you know some lipstick it's fun and it's great and it's exciting and it's it's playful but it doesn't make it doesn't set you out in the world any better so yeah I think it's the same but different I want to ask how did you get into clean and natural beauty specifically was it a journey was there a moment that it just kind of clicked so yeah there was uh definitely a journey into uh clean beauty and using clean products because growing up in the industry of, of, of entertainment and, and beauty and modeling, that's not what we saw on set, obviously. We saw the traditional brands and I worked for all of the traditional brands, L'Oreal, Mac, Bobby Brown, Kevin O'Coin. I did campaigns for a bunch of incredible, you know, very big and successful traditional makeup brands. But it was 10 years ago when I did the clean program that I started to, again, just look at everything much differently. And Alejandro Younger, who developed the program, I had the pleasure of meeting him and spending some time with him. And in his book, he talks about, you know, what are we putting on our bodies and how does that affect our health? And it was the first, that was the first inkling for me. And then I did the clean program the first time and I, you know, had my doubts. Could I do this? 
is this really going to make a change? Like, am I going to feel this? And the first week was hard. It's a 21 day cleanse. And the first week was hard. But like on the second day, I woke up and I just could see colors differently. Things were more vibrant. I could see texture across the room and on the walls and I could see details differently and the whites of my eyes were crystal like crystal white bright bright white and my energy level was through the roof and I was like hey this guy's on to something <laughs> and then um, and then started to really like look at all the all the things that he you know was talking about and mentioning and that was my first that was my first lesson on really starting to look into what I was putting in my body, uh, on my body. And I think like many of us who um, support the clean beauty movement, we are in shock when, when you first find out like some of the things and the stats. And, and then at the time, I was conflicted, right? Because we did have all those in, all these incredible brands that we have right now. And so I was definitely in a place trying to understand where I wanted to use better, cleaner products. But I also came from this environment where we put on makeup on and everything stayed in its place and the colors were, you know, really vibrant. And, and so uh, then there were a lot of like mineral makeups and things that kind of moved and the color palettes weren't really there. The shades weren't there for women of color at all. Foundations, um, concealers were just non-existent. And we didn't have incredible shops like Credo and the detox market. And Sephora didn't have, you know, the, their their clean standard. You had Whole Foods. Yeah. And and it, and Whole Foods wasn't what what it is now because they're they're beauty department is really up their game recently um and so I was conflicted for a while and I really took a deeper dive first into the skincare and body care products because that felt safer to me you know I wanted to be able to still wear my makeup and look like I had always looked so the makeup took a while, but all these incredible brands have, you know, come on in the last, you know, 10 years and really have changed the game. And that's kind of the whole, was the whole journey. You know, you mentioned earlier that you do take beauty from an inside out approach. That is something that we definitely advocate for here at Mind Buddy Green. And I am curious, when did you make that connection between how you treat yourself affects how how you appear on the outside. I'm sure this was a journey again, but I I do think it's fascinating to hear people's stories on when they started, you know, really making that connection and really, you know, making choices to to reflect on that. I would say that 10 years ago when I started to kind of take things out of my diet and then slowly put them back in and test, I got to test the waters and see what really worked and what didn't. And I will say that over the years, that has changed for me several times. So yeah. 10 years ago, I tried to take out meat from my diet and I wasn't really able to, I didn't feel great. And then Six years ago, I took it out of my diet and I felt great. 
I, I, I've really learned to listen to my body and I've really learned to check in and say, okay, this is what works for me right now. And that doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, the, the, that doesn't necessarily need to be the only answer for the rest of my life. This is where I am today. This is what works. This is what makes me feel good. When I'm not feeling good, I take these things and that could change. Right. And in a couple of years, I might feel, I might feel differently. And I really started to, I think, become more aware of what I was putting in my body just because I was able to really feel the difference. And I think that that's the first big step because until you do it, you don't really know. You're like, ah, if I eliminate dairy, is that really going to help me? Is that really going to help my skin? Is that really going to help? So the dairy and skin debate is a long one. Some types of dairy, like skim milk, have been shown to have a strong connection to breakouts in skin issues and are pretty well established that they are not so great for the skin. While others, like yogurt, are often touted as actually beneficial for the skin since they contain things like probiotics. Well, in 2008, there was a meta-analysis of all of these studies done on dairy products and how they affected the skin. Meta-analysis are basically these robust, fully encompassing research papers that look at everything that has been done so far. So they give you a pretty good overview of the topic at hand. If a topic is well-studied enough to have a meta-analysis, that usually means that there is pretty good data behind its conclusions. So here is what that meta-analysis found. It showed that any intake of any dairy, any milk, full-fat dairy, whole milk, low-fat milk, skim milk, and yogurt, regardless of the amount or frequency, were associated with higher odds of acne compared to individuals who did not eat any sort of dairy in individuals aged 7 to 30. If you are experiencing acne, it may be worth looking into. My mom, for example, was, you know, I moved to California and she, 10 years ago, and and she said, oh boy, you moved to California and now you know, you don't eat dairy or you don't do this or you don't, you know, she was joking with me, of course. And I kind of challenged her to take dairy out of her, of her diet. And she was so surprised how her body completely felt differently. And I'm talking about, she had 20 years of back pain and I kept trying to tell her, you eat too much dairy. You know, it, you have too much inflammation in your body. And she was like, yeah. And it wasn't until she actually got up and made that change. So I think that it's so important to try things and to see. Not, there's no one right answer for everybody because we're all different and our bodies are all affected differently. And what might be great for one person is not, is not great for another. But What I learned was to try and to really assess how I feel. And that is, that's, I think, is a real skill set. And that's something I'm trying to teach my daughter. You know, my kids, uh, I have a six-year-old 
little girl and a two-year-old little boy. And they don't eat meat, don't eat dairy, don't eat gluten. And my daughter is now just starting, we're just starting to introduce meat to her. She gets to pick what she likes and she can immediately tell mom, this doesn't make me feel good. I'm not going to eat it. And that, that comes with candies or sugars, like treats, everything that she's now starting at six, we're opening the door and letting her have a, de a decision and a say, but she's been so clean. She has such a clean like foundation that at six, she can turn to me and say, that didn't make me feel good. So I'm not going to have it. And she makes that decision now all by herself. And us as adults, we're all, we're, I feel like we're always trying to get that way, which is why I decided to raise the kids that way. Because how many before we were into health and wellness, there were like fad diets, right? So how many times did we do like we just drank cayenne pepper and water was one of them. <laughs> During my modeling days, I was like, I don't even know how anybody survived on that. But we're all trying to get back to this feeling of clean, this feeling of of lightness and where we feel just super healthy and vibrant and we're trying to figure out what it is let me take out gluten for six months let me stop eating meat and my kid at six years old because she has that foundation I was like I'm trying to go backwards I'm just going to start her here and she can do that on her own now at six and that for me is like she's going to have such a great relationship with food on her body for the rest of her life because she she knows what it feels like immediately when something works for her and when it doesn't. So, you know, I think that the hardest part is actually just just getting up and trying things because so sometimes we're just so stuck in the ways that, you know, we were raised. I'm part Latina, so when I came home and told my family and Greek, so when I came home and told my family that, like, I didn't eat meat, they just they could not understand that because meat is such a historically big part of our culture and our diet as, you know, Hispanic and Latin people. But when I was brave enough to try it and it worked, you know, that one time six years ago and I was like, okay, now it feels good. Now this works with my body before it didn't. And then who knows what the future holds. So I think that that's kind of you know, the biggest thing, getting on the horse, trying different things and really learning how to like listen to your body. Yeah. I mean, that kind of touches on this follow-up question. I wanted to ask, do you, because it is scary to try new things oftentimes or just, you know, get out of, get out of your day-to-day -day standard routine. I think so many people kind of have their thing that they stick to. How do you get yourself excited and eager and want to try new things are you just a naturally adventurous person or do you have to kind of like push yourself outside of your comfort zone I'm somewhere in between it really depends on what it is like I'm the person who loves a roller coaster so like I'm adventurous in that way but I also could eat the same thing every day for lunch <laughs> drives my husband crazy because I'm also a creature of habit I think it just really depends I it just I just I'm a live in the moment person. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be present person and really just like kind of sit in it and decide in the moment, like what to do. Yeah. And what works for you right then and there. I, I love that. And 
you know, you mentioned you could have the same lunch every day, which brings me to my next question is, what do you eat? You know, what is your go-to diet and nutrition philosophy? What, what are your kind of eating standards? So my philosophy is you definitely are what you eat. There's a reason that became a, you know, famous line. Also something I had to learn in, in my life. But I love, let's see, what do I love? I love Mexican-inspired food. So I eat a lot of like veggie tacos with a side of beans. I eat a lot of a lot of beans, a lot of rice and beans, a lot of vegetables. I love bread. That's probably like my kryptonite. But I did recently find this amazing gluten-free sourdough bread that is like saving my life. <laughs> because that's like, I just, I that's my thing. Like if I, I could eat bread all day, if, if you let me. Is it a recipe that you make yourself or is it? Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's a bread, it's a small, like mom and pop little bread company that just popped up at Air One recently. Oh, sure. And it's so good. You just wouldn't even know it's gluten-free. So that's been that's been saving me. I'm a big fan of smoothies because I'm always on the go. I'm always late between running my business and the kids. I feel like some days could go by and instead of making not the best decision. Sometimes I make the worst decision and skip a meal. So I really try to have a lot of frozen fruit and frozen veggies in, you know, at home in stock so that I can make a smoothie. I've really been loving Mind Body Greens Veggies Plus because that makes me feel like, okay, if I messed up and didn't have lunch, I'm going to make myself like a really big smoothie. And I throw that in with some pea protein and I feel like, okay, at least I know that I'm like nourished and I can keep on going. But it's tough sometimes because I'm literally like with the kids working, picking up a kid, dropping off a kid at my desk working, then I'm off to soccer, then I'm off to ballet. So, you know, sometimes even the most conscious, healthy, self-aware people like don't always, I, I don't like to say make bad choices, but sometimes I make the worst choice by skipping a meal. So like, I love a great smoothie. Green juice is a regular in my house. My kids are diehard green juice drinkers. So that, that's, you know, that stays stocked in the fridge. We're really big on fermented foods as well. And what else do I love to eat? Big, big kale eaters. Um, sure. Yeah. A great big. Kale so many stuff. veggies. I'm like listening to this and I'm like, I just want to come look at your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's so beautiful. Yeah. We've always got like the rainbow going on. You know, the, going to the grocery store, the farmer's market is a really big thing in our house too. It's like, a, it's also like the learning center when your kids are small, you know, they really learn to count and their colors and stuff. So we, we keep a very stocked bridge of fruits and veggies. So the kids, you know, that's, that's how we hope that the kids will always learn to make the best choices as well because they see what's, you know, they grow up yeah. seeing what's in our fridge. So we we believe that, you know, everything is skincare from what you eat, like we just talked about, to your mental health practices, to how you move your body. So I want to talk about some of your other wellness habits. Why don't we start with, you know, how what's your workout schedule like? How how do you move your body and how do you how do you take care of your physical health? So 
I have moments where I'm really on it and I'm great and I'm so dedicated to being in the gym in a healthy way, you know, in a some days my body feels like I need a restorative yoga class and some days I feel like I want to do like tons of reps with a kettlebell. And then I have moments where, and this was especially during, you know, the pandemic where I just was, couldn't physically get myself to work out in an exercise capacity because I was just running around so much trying to like keep the kids happy and run my business. And my husband was away making a movie and I would try to find little escapes and places to take the kids where we could go out during that time. And I didn't have, with them being with me full time and no one else here, I didn't necessarily have the time to be in the gym. Now I am doing a lot of, I think like most people, a lot of like classes on the computer and, and even like Instagram live classes with some people that I really love, dance, fitness classes. And I love P-Volve and I have a Peloton that I love as well. And so some days I just try and get up and just dance with the kids. Like dance is like a big thing for me. It kind of really just always makes me feel better. So at some point during the day, usually like right before dinner, as I'm getting ready to cook, salsa music goes on in my house and we just kind of all have like a dance party. So that for me counts as movement as well. I try to be intentional and get to a place where I feel like I have worked out or whether that's 20 minutes or an hour, but I don't pressure myself to be in the gym every day. Yeah. I love how you said your dance parties are part of your movement routine. I definitely have started counting those as part of mine as well. I, you know, sometimes you got to find a way to move your body any way you can. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you've got to have fun about it. For me, it's like we have to enjoy life. And so it's important to move our body. It's very important. By the way, it's so important to sweat. Like when people are trying to do things to get themselves not to sweat, it drives me crazy because I'm like, you really need to sweat. Going to take a moment here to chat about sweat and movement and the skin. Exercise is vital for healthy skin as it encourages healthy skin turnover, circulation, and it improves your mental well-being, thus improving your skin health in the process. And I love what she says here that sweat shouldn't stop you from doing anything. And one thing that people often bring up as a concern when it comes to working out in their skin is that sweat may lead to breakouts. Well, this couldn't be further from the truth as long as you take care of your skin after the fact. So your sweat mainly consists of water, right? And that is not the main offender here. The problem arises is when that sweat dries down and mixes with oil and bacteria that you might've picked up from like a dirty yoga mat or exercise equipment or workout clothes. And because your pores are more open as your body heats up from the exercise, that leaves room for that oil and bacteria and sweat mixture to sink down and clog those pores, which then can, yes, lead to breakouts. So working out itself is not the problem and it does not lead to acne, but you should be mindful of how you care for your skin post-workout. We recommend washing your face with a plain, simple, and gentle cleanser. 
and then applying a moisturizer right on top of that afterwards. This is so important. So, you know, sometimes if I don't get into gym, I'm very fortunate where I have an infrared sauna at home and I have a, a wet steam room. So I go in there and I make sure that my body sweats. And so I'm detoxing. And that's enough for me between that and running after two kids. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I mean, I'm looking forward to when we can go back to classes, you know, group exercise classes, because those really keep me motivated the most. Yeah. Get going to a class with a girlfriend or me and my husband going to a class because him and I get really competitive. <laughs> uh, but it's hard right now. It's hard yeah. to stay motivated. And I think it's important to be honest about that and let people know, like, if you're struggling at home because you can't self-motivate to go in that room and, you know, your room and work out or your garage and work out, then it, don't feel bad because everyone is is like having their own issues right now. We're, we're still in recovery zone of, you know, obviously we're still in this pandemic, but we're still recovering after the harshest part of it. So I always, my motto is like, keep it 100. Like I'm not in the gym every day. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I needed to hear that because <laughs> I personally have been feeling a little guilty about not doing all the things that I should be doing lately. So thank you. That was a very kind reminder. <laughs> I'm sure other people needed to hear it too. I want to, the next thing I want to ask about is, you know, how do you take care of your mental health? Do you, do you have any must do rituals or mindfulness techniques that you follow? So this is a definite for me. Now, this is where I say you must, must, must have this every day. And, it, and I, I honestly believe that it can look different every day. And everyone's version of self-care is very different. And it doesn't have to be the same. I schedule my time for myself. And by the way, no one else needs to know what time that is. Like, it's, it's not like I tell my husband, hey, I'm going to go, like, do my thing and meditate or I'm going to go have some self-care time. He just knows that I've got this time blocked out in the family calendar and he's with the kids or I'm going to be up early and I'm going to, I get my manicures at 6 a.m. every two weeks. And everyone's like, well, it's very impressive. <laughs> everyone's like, why do you do that? I said, because that's when I can fit it in where it doesn't interfere with work and my, and I can let my nails really dry and hold kids. And that's important to me. And that gives me 45 minutes of, she knows it's six in the morning. I don't talk. She doesn't talk. Hi, how are you? We sit down I pick my color. And like, that's, that's something that is, can seem so frivolous to some people. But for me, like I'm, I, first of all, I'm shooting content all day long. I use my hands, whether I'm in shooting food content or beauty content. So I need to have my hands looking well, you know, and also I just feel better about myself. Right. So it can seem so frivolous to somebody else. But for me, that's that's a moment of self-care. I've got time scheduled in where I am at peace, enjoying what I'm doing. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes it's a, for me, a big part of my self-care is my skincare routine. That might not be for everybody, but it is the time that I take for myself, where I'm taking care of myself, where I'm sitting in my thoughts, where I'm thinking about the things that I want to think about with, or thinking about nothing. And I think that it's so important for, and sometimes it's a yoga class. So 
I think when it comes to self-care and taking care of your mental health, it's so important to really let people know that it doesn't need to look the same every day and that everyone's version of it is going to be different and that's okay. And what's most important is that you're finding time to be with yourself and whether that's have thoughts or not have thoughts or whether that's perform a gua sha face, you know, practice gua sha on yourself or get a manicure or have a yoga class or read a book. As long as you are making sure that you can find the time for yourself every day. And some days that might be 10 minutes, some days that might be an hour. But I think that when it comes to today where we're really talking about self-care and mental health, that there could be a place that sometimes there's a place where things get a little preachy and a little judgmental. And the, the other day I, I saw something on Instagram and it said, it, and it said something like, well, when I do self-care, you think it means I'm getting a manicure or a facial. And really it means this. And I f- was offended by it because I said, you, that seems so judgy. Everybody's version is going to be different. And what's most important is that they're taking time for themselves to make themselves feel good in whichever way they want. And instead of telling people what they should be doing, that you should be meditating or you should be doing yoga or you should be performing a skincare routine, let's just be supportive and say, hey, make time for yourself every day. Schedule it in so that you can make sure you get it. It's just as important as your meetings. As, you're, 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 as, as when you sit down to meet with your kid's teacher, when you sit down to have a work meeting, it's just as important and it can look different every day and your version of it can look different than someone else's. I totally agree with you on that. And like I, one of my biggest pet peeves, are not biggest pet peeves, but a pet peeve certainly, is when I, you know, see people say, well, you know, self-care shouldn't be about doing face masks. And My response is, yeah, that shouldn't be the only thing that self-care is. But if I think a face mask is self-care, I'm allowed to have that be my self-care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Does that make you feel better about yourself? Are you taking the time out out of your day to be with yourself and have some internal enjoyment? Like that, like having a break from the work, the family, the this. And just spending time with yourself and whatever you do in that time is that's what makes you happy. And that's what's that's what's most important. Of course, self-care is also eating nutritious meals, moving your body. You know, there, there are those other ways and definitely super important. But let's not also knock the way other people let's not knock the way people are finding moments to take care of themselves because that's not really supportive and I also it 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 annoys me too that we don't really like talk about this with guys in the same way where you know we're we are trying to monitor what self-care looks like for men a woman can only have self-care be defined within these like very specific parameters and you know it it can't be getting your nails done because that's too feminine to be self-care or whatever it is and i just i just find it so frustrating because gosh we just we can never win can we no <laughs> ever it's just a box why are you trying to put us in a box totally totally agree 
Well, you know, let's move on to your skincare and beauty rituals. What does your daily skincare routine look like? (laughs) Okay, so I am a skincare enthusiast. I love skincare products. I try everything. Obviously, I try a lot of products because I write about them for my site. And um, I review them on Instagram and I, it's part of my job, but I absolutely love my skincare routine. It is my routines. They are part of my self-care for sure. And every day, just like everything else I've said, every day is a little bit different. The way I approach skin is the same way I I approach eating. How am I feeling today? What is my skin feeling today? How does my skin look? Do I think that my skin's looking dry? So I I have an array of products and an array of different practices. And every day I kind of assess where my skin is and then kind of decide what I'm going to use or what practice I'm going to In the morning, I'm usually very quick because I have to get my daughter out for school and I have to get to work and stuff. So My routine in the morning isn't too extensive. I usually start with like either an ice roller or um, a cold jade roller just to wake my face up because um, a girl needs that in the morning. And and then I just wash and tone and then I'll throw sunscreen on, everyday sunscreen. Like that is like 101 skincare right there. You need to be wearing sunscreen every single day, even in the winter, no matter what shade of skin you have it is a must but then at night I really have a couple of different routines and sometimes you know I have a quick 15-20 minute routine and then I have some of my longer practices that involve gua sha or I alternate between like my gua sha and my microcurrent device and led lights so every other night I'm pretty much doing one of those and I use like an array of different products. My I change my actives every so often because some days I wake up and I feel like, oh, I can I can feel my skin. I can feel when a breakout's coming. And so if the minute I sense that, I go right away to like salicylic acid, tea tree oils. Like I totally change up my products. And when my when my skin is pretty normal combo, then I definitely go for more more hydrating products and I can, you know, use an oil at the end of my routine and like seal the deal with that. But every day is is different. I really like have a bunch of different stuff that I that I use and kind of make my own little concoctions of of things as well. And that's pretty much how I maintain my skin. Are you a makeup gal? Love makeup. Do you want to share any of your favorite clean beauty makeup tips and products? Because, you know, I I always find that our listeners love getting people's makeup recommendations here. I, I always get the most questions about, you know, our guest makeup products. Absolutely. So my number one favorite, like, savior is Kosas's Revealer Concealer. Have you tried that? I I haven't, but I 
almost got it the other day and I ended up just getting the the brow gel, which I love. But now I'm thinking, oh gosh, maybe I, I need to get the concealer too. You absolutely need to get the concealer. It's, oh my gosh, it's so good. I have, I, I put up an Instagram the other day on Instagram stories. I was holding like, I don't know, seven tubes of it. And I said, you really know when I love a product, I love it. Because I have, I have one in the car and two in the bathroom. I have one in my office and I get them in different shades because I, for example, I use the number six under my eyes to lighten up my dark circles. And I use the seven on my, around my face and any little imperfections I want to kind of cover up. And then I used, and then I use the eight to just basically as like a bronzer to kind of contour and shape a little bit. And it's not heavy. So you can literally just do a few little dots and it gives you the right, just the perfect amount of coverage where you don't feel like you're wearing makeup, but you feel like you are, you have some coverage and you don't ever, I haven't used a foundation since, since this product hit the market, I have not used a foundation. I can't even tell you how long it's been so long. I keep so many tubes all over the place, like two in my car, two in my office, in the bathroom. So that would be, and I love the range of shades. Like I was saying earlier, it's so hard when you're a woman of color to find a clean beauty brand that really has shades that really represent black and brown skins. So that's my number one tip for the skin. And then let's see, I love Say's Dewy Glow. I love that brand. Yes. Shout out to my girl, Jerry Hirsch. She has done incredible things with Lainey and that brand. And their products are so solid and really lightweight and accessible. Like you don't have to think about them. And that's really a thing for me with makeup. I do this thing on Instagram where I do a five minute face. I'm a mom. I'm working all the time, whether I'm working with the kids as a Bob or whether I'm working, running my business. Like I just don't have time to sit down and do like a crazy look. So I need products that really perform well, perform, and I can use them very quickly. So like I could do my face in five minutes with my eyes closed. So I love Ilya's mascara and the best and the best. Yeah. So like I do like an, like Ilya's mascara, a little Say Dewy Glow, the Kosas, the Kosas Revealer Concealer. And I really love a vibrant lip. That's kind of my secret to looking awake. That's like my secret to like looking awake and what I'm like put together. I just like throw on a red lipstick and my whole just kind of being changes. Like I just feel like a boss and like I feel like I've put myself together and it's just like a red lip just kind of just changes everything. So I'm really big on lip care uh, because I do wear a red lip so often. The only way to have like the perfect red lip is if you really take care of your lips, exfoliation, making sure that you're, you know, using something at night to really hydrate and treat the lips. The lips are like the neck, like people forget about them, you know, and you can't forget the neck, the lips and the hands. Cause those are, those are the places where you get to see, you know, aging and not that aging is wrong. 
aging is beautiful. I can't, like, I love the way I'm aging, but those are the places that people tend to forget about or, you know, not target as much. And so you get a premature aging. So, you know, those are the like three spots that I love to make sure that I'm always like taking care of. So yeah, when it comes to makeup, I love, I love like, you know, a lash, a little blush, little cover up and keep it, keep it simple lipstick and you're good to go. So the last thing I want to ask about, about this is hair care. Do you have any must must use products or, you know, must, must recommend tips since you are such a, a well-versed beauty gal. Thank you. I definitely have some hair care tips. I will tell you that I went through a very stressful period. A couple of earlier this year, I went through a very stressful period earlier this year when my son was not doing well. He's totally fine now, but we had several weeks where he was sick and we were, didn't know what was going on. And my body was in what you probably know, and and if you're, you know, your audience probably knows because you guys probably talk about it on the site, fight or flight response. And your body is just kind of like there and just you're moving through the motions and doing everything that you can to survive. And then that's where I was. And then what happened was when I came down from that, from that state, my hair started to really shed. And I was freaking out, but I learned some really great stuff. First of all, I started supplementing to make sure that I was getting things that were, I was putting, you know, supplements into my body that were going to help my hair get, you know, be stronger and grow. But also I have started to do what's called pre-pooing. Do, have you done that ever? I have. I don't do it super regularly, but I, I definitely occasionally will do it especially in the winter when my hair is just so dry anyway and like super tangly yes absolutely same so like I really just started to do it a couple of months ago and I am realizing that it's so good during the winter time because you know I, I have curly hair so my hair can get really dry and can get frizzy and have unnecessary breakage so I have been such a fan of pre-pooing. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, basically you go into your your dry hair, you know, dirty hair, and then you use an oil. You separate You separate your hair into a few sections and then you put an oil through your hair and kind of comb it out and you detangle it with this oil. And then you can leave, you can either braid your hair or I just twist them in little sections. And then I throw on my towel or, or a cap. And sometimes it's, you know, 30 minutes while I'm doing, you know, breakfast or having, having my coffee. And sometimes I leave it overnight. And then I go in and wash my hair very lightly with a little shampoo just at the roots and condition. And it makes such a difference for my curls. They come out so hydrated and so bouncy and shiny. So that's kind of my newest trick. And also I do like a little scalp massage with the oil because they say that that really helps, you know, bringing blood flow to the the hair follicles there really helps stimulate growth and health for your hair. So I'll do a little like five minute hair massage, but I'm, I'm really wasn't like 
I definitely had a hair routine and I always thought it was pretty solid. But because of this situation that happened to me a couple of months ago, I really started to like have like a hair care like situation. Well, I have a wash day tonight, so I will definitely be pre-pooing because you just reminded me of how soft and gorgeous it makes my hair look. So thank you for the reminder. And I just wanted to say thank you so much again for coming. I so appreciate this. I think that everyone who's listening is going to walk away with so many good tips and just so much solid and inspiring insights. And you are such a pleasure to talk to. So thank you so much. Thank you, Alex, for having me. You make it so easy. I mean, your voice is just like the perfect podcast voice. It was the two girlfriends chatting. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for coming by and listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast in general, don't forget to rate and review us. And I will see you next week.